everyone. Welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see those pictures from construction workers at the top of the sphere? It opened this week. We'll talk more about it later. But these views were incredible. I'm glad they came out just as the sphere opened. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't come out earlier because we, we already are seeing videos of the inside and everything. And that's what everybody's been waiting for. You think these would have leaked a month or two, a couple months ago, but it's unique to anything in the world. I couldn't imagine being up there. It'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, it has to take some level of bravery and absence of uh, I'm too afraid of heights to to mess with all that. What an incredible job. And Nobody else will get up there and get to see that. Who was the guy that climbed on top of one of the signs in Vegas? You think he ends up up there? Uh, isn't he like an influencer or something? Think he climbs to the top somehow and, and just stands up there and takes a video at some point? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think they're going <laughs> to. Cosmo is bringing back their marquee dome, and this is their way of keeping their pool area open during the winter when it's cold. They basically put this giant inflatable bubble over the top of it, throw some heaters inside. It's about 50 feet tall, and I think they did this last year as well, so it's coming back. And uh, another reason to go check out the pools at Cosmo. That's one thing a lot of people misunderstand about Las Vegas. So many of the pools are closed outside of the high summer season. Yeah, I mean, there's always a couple in town. I know... uh... Back in the day, Hooters always stayed open year-round 24-7. I don't know if Oyo still does the same thing, but even if they heat the water, it's still really cold. I mean, I've been there. It's been in the 30s, you know, freezing rain. That's not really what you want to go outside. Even if you get in the water and you're warm, it's still a kind of terrible experience. You're not going to lounge around. Where this creates it so you can basically pretend like it's summer and and lounge and and act like it's any normal day where it's nice out, which I think is really unique and really cool and and something you don't see anybody else do. I'm surprised nobody else picked up on it. Yeah, they have the smaller pool areas, so maybe they can pull it off a little bit easier. But as you say, they warm the water, they control the temperature inside, so it makes for a nice thing. You know, in Atlantic City, all the pools are sort of indoors, obviously because the weather is different. So it gives you sort of that vibe, I guess, but uh, you get a much nicer pool area than you find anywhere in Atlantic City. Although Harris in Atlantic City has a really nice pool, but they charge for it. That's another thing in Atlantic City you don't have in Vegas. But with all the extra charges we have lately, maybe pool charges are coming uh, soon. Who knows? It is a really cool pool area, but you're still in Atlantic City, which is not great. So a story that has been developing a few months ago, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department got a warrant to search a suspect in the Tupac murder. And then this week they arrested him and uh, basically alleging that he had something to do with the murder. I think he had admitted that he was in the car. Uh, The suspect's statements are what led them to finally arrest him and do all the search and stuff. So basically as he sort of wrote in books and talked on podcasts and did stuff, they collected evidence and now he is in jail 
accused of being a part of this murder. Loose lips sink ships, Sean. That's a, that's a saying for a reason. And and you loose lip yourself just to try to make money or, or clout or whatever. And it's just crazy to put it out there because it's a murder. Like, there's no time limit here. There's no, they don't run out. They, they'll keep doing and coming for you. So, I mean, uh, he was in the <laughs> Cadillac apparently. And that's been something that wasn't really disputed, I think, for a long time. Uh, he's not believed to be the guy who pulled the trigger. Uh, that guy had died, you know, I think back in 1998. So uh, we'll see how it goes but he is now in jail and that's going to move forward one of the biggest murderer cases in vegas history such a high profile thing i think it was a mike tyson boxing match mgm grand it was just a wild and crazy night here in las vegas and it's amazing that this story hasn't died and that all these years later we have an arrest uh, but i guess it's a very vegas ending I, we still have to see how the trial goes and uh, he's presumed innocent until proven guilty so we will give him his day in court have you ever gone to a boxing match I've, uh, you know boxing isn't what it was and I know the heydays were Ali and Frazier and all that, but th there's still a lot going on in the like 80s, 90s, a lot of big names, and you still have Mayweather for a bit there in the 2000s, but I think like 80s, 90s boxing match at MGM Grand would have just been like a spectacle and something really cool to be a part of. Yeah, that would have been among the biggest events that there was, all the biggest celebrities there, and you know, it's like the biggest UFC events now. It was one of those big nights in Las Vegas, MGM Grand relatively new. It's interesting to see pictures come back from that night, those Tupac pictures will surface of him in the casino, and you get those throwback looks at what MGM Grand looked like. Definitely another era of Las Vegas, and uh, uh, just a reminder that we're both getting old, Mark, because that yep. was a long time ago. Yeah, high school. <laughs> it's crazy to think. So uh, speaking of wild things happening in Vegas, that guy who went nuts at Caesars Palace started throwing stuff out the window and, you know, recreating a scene from The Hangover. He got sentenced to jail. Uh, he will serve 19 to 48 months in jail, plus pay $55,000 in restitution for his crazy and wild night. He's not eligible for, like, parole, I guess, so he has to serve at least the 19 months. So a pretty uh, high penalty to pay for a crazy fun night in Vegas. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was that he was kind of holding a person in there against their world, uh, their will kidnapping that type of thing the destruction and all that maybe wouldn't have gotten jail time you just pay huge fines or or who knows but i think that kind of upped the ante didn't he say like he was on drugs or drugged or i don't know so maybe don't do crazy drugs you don't know what they're going to do to you so you don't throw couches out of, of windows and and end up going to jail and paying where's he going to come up with fifty five thousand dollars while he's in jail that's a lot of license plates to make sean yeah he'll be busy uh stamping those things out uh, we make fun of it, but it's a serious incident. As you said, he held somebody hostage, and then there's the danger of people getting hit by stuff coming out the windows. And thankfully, nobody did get hurt. So uh, he's going to serve his time. Hopefully, he learns his lesson. And as you say, he has a lot to pay back. Maybe he can make go back to California license plates and so on Etsy while he's in there. I don't know. <laughs> As a reminder, our Patreon is now live, patreon.com forward slash Vegas. We do our weekly after show on Fridays. You can watch it or listen to it. Check it out, patreon.com forward slash Vegas. Did you see this $1,400 tomahawk that's over at One Steakhouse at Virgin Hotels? Uh, Vegas Phil, I think, filmed this. It's $1,400, and it comes with six sides, so you get six whole sides with it. Uh, but it Ooh, looks six. incredible, man. $1,400 is a lot of money. Uh, you have to order this 72 hours in advance, but I think this would be a neat way way for like bachelor parties or a group of friends coming to vegas a special meal for sure yeah at first you're like 1400 bucks what like what why what's the what's the point of this but then you see when you feeds 10 to 12 people then it doesn't seem as bad because you know spending 100 bucks at a steakhouse on your meal with sides and, and meat and all that stuff isn't over the top it's probably on the higher end but you're still like in the ballpark so if you have a group if you had like five or six people it doesn't make sense uh, you know you're paying so much 
Tomahawk is like big for Instagram and all that stuff, but you're just paying to have that bone in there. Basically, it's the only difference, which I find so crazy that they're like, you know what, you want to keep this long bone? Uh, that's an extra hundred bucks a person. It really is, and that's how tomahawk steaks have taken off, and the prices uh, that they go for on the menu. Salt Bay, that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is perfect for like business travelers. If I had an expense account, get like eight, ten people together, everybody uh, you know pays for their portion of it. I feel like that's what this is made for. When somebody else is paying, uh, it's a great story to tell and a great experience to have. And it does look amazing. I mean, from the video, it looks uh, tremendous. So uh, good on them for that. But I'm not going to be spending my uh, $1,400 anytime soon on that. Somebody needs to pay. Yeah, Sean, we need to talk about my MTM Vegas uh, expense account. uh, So we'll get that set up for my (laughs) next trip, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to work on that. So the Aces, the team that everybody loves to say isn't a professional sports team or a major professional sports team, although we disagree and think they are, they're headed back to the WNBA Finals for the third time in four seasons in Las Vegas. They won last year. They're favored to win this year. I think the finals start October 8th, and they'll run through the 20th, depending on if they need to go all the way to Game 5. But WNBA Aces still delivering top-level basketball here in Sin City. I mean, it's good for Mark Davis that he bought it, because he's probably never going to win anything with the Raiders, so at least he's going to get his trophy case filled by the aces <laughs> yeah i mean it's great to see the very first major professional championship coming with them and then the golden knights winning the stanley cup hopefully they'll win another championship obviously we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here uh, but they're a great team and last year they've had really great support this entire year in the arena but last year they sold out the Michelob ultra arena for the finals i expect that'll happen again which is exciting oh, to cool. see that building uh, get full and uh, we're excited for this uh, vegas you know all the sports stuff formula one super bowl overshadowing every everything but there's teams here that win and that's good and we've seen all these stories about the Raiders right Mark uh, about all the teams that are traveling and bringing all their fans and the Raiders can't get fans in the stands but there is support for teams here the WNBA Aces the Golden Knights and hopefully the Raiders at some point I do feel bad when we see that yeah I don't know that they'll ever like latch on to the Raiders the way they do like the Knights and because they were started in Vegas Aces I know weren't started there, but it kind of feels like a homegrown team a little bit where the Raiders have such a history being in L.A. and Oakland that everybody kind of knew them and, and seen them over the years. And I think that that's going to they're going to have the same issue. And they're at this point, they're probably like we weren't selling out in our home area where we, you know, where we brought this team to. So even if it's just visiting fans, at least we're going to get ticket sales where we get nothing now. Uh, but I don't know that they'll draw in the locals that way either. And that's what you really need to, to support these type of teams. Well, the Raiders seem to be doing okay they i think coming into the season they had the highest ticket prices on the resale market of any team and that's purely because they're getting so many uh, visitors coming which is an interesting dynamic so mark davis may not win anything but he's laughing all the way to the bank i think uh, with the ticket sales and how well the team is doing in that capacity i mean uh since we're talking about nfl what did you think about that game on thursday night how were your packers looking <laughs> As I said on see, uh, Twitter, you got lucky. Did you see how the li- the Packers uh, had to issue a statement about the Lions overtaking Lambeau Field? I'll send that to you after the show. But it was like half blue. So there you go. The Green Bay Packers are the new Oakland Raiders. All right. I'm only a little bit triggered. So let's. Uh, speaking of triggered, let's move on to Cosmo comments. 
I talked about my experience a few weeks ago at the casino, how the service wasn't really what it used to be. Uh, we talked about dogs barking in the casino, stuff like that. A lot of people commented about that, and a lot of people sort of mimicked my experience. A few people said they had good experiences there recently, but so many people, dozens of people saying uh, that since MGM took over, the service just isn't what it was. The staffing isn't was it what it was. So it's sad to hear that. It seems to reinforce everything that we ran into on our night there. So I uh, just wanted to pass some of these comments along uh, because I was sad to hear them. Yeah, and I think that was something we were worried about, uh, you know, with MGM coming in and taking over that just wouldn't have the same vibe and it wouldn't have the same fit. And, and maybe, you know, you're bringing in people that... Uh, you know, where MGM and went elsewhere and want to check out the Cosmos. So it just doesn't, it's never going to be what it was. And I think a lot of people want it to be what it was and to stay there. And it just, it, it's kind of evolving. And and that's why we said, we hope Fountain Blue kind of fills that that niche. And maybe the MGM loyalists from all across just kind of fill into Cosmo. And maybe the people that were all about Cosmo end up going to like a Fountain Blue or something like that. And, and it kind of shifts that way. I could see that happening. And just to be clear on the dog thing, since we're talking about people commenting, we don't hate dogs. I just don't think dogs belong in casinos. Dogs in hotels are a different story. And I don't generally bring my dogs to hotels, but there's nothing wrong with that. But bringing them into a casino, that's sort of what is crazy. And that's when we were talking when Rio banned that, uh, how we we're supporting that. And I saw that Cosmo. It's not good for the dogs, in my opinion, but I don't need to have a debate. If you want to bring your dog to the casino, feel free to do so as long as the rules allow it. But uh, yeah, a lot of people you with just, interesting conversations. We love the comments on all these topics. You just wanted to bring this up so you could show the picture of me holding the dog while I played blackjack. I got a lot of use of that uh, over the last uh, few months in the Patreon yeah. and uh, on the show. So always good time uh, showing you going nuts with the with the dog. So I guess we should talk about the big story of the week, and that's the Sphere opening. It finally opened its doors after years and years of construction, uh, way over budget. I think the original price was $1.1 billion, and as it opened, it was at $2.3 billion, so over double the price. Uh, we've seen the screens on the outside looking spectacular, and now we got to see exactly what the YouTube show was. And I guess we'll talk more about everything in a second, but what were your impressions? Tons of videos, people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it looked incredible. Uh, something, and we've talked about this, the most unique place to see a concert and just the visuals that go with it because so much of what you do, like, you know, when you think of a song, if you've seen it in a movie, you recall that movie and stuff. And, and when you're going to a concert, you don't quite get that same visual attachment to things. I mean, you'll see the band playing, but this adds a whole new sensory overload to that. And I think that makes it more unique where you'll remember this concert. If you've been to 100 U2 concerts, let's say over the over the decades, this is one that will probably stick out. And when you hear that song on the radio, you'll remember the video that they're playing, you know, if, the, if that one was shot while they're showing you in the desert and stuff like that. Like, I think it adds a whole nother level uh, and, and good on you too. They gave you them the, the blank canvas. It's up to these bands and performers to really put it to use. And that takes a lot of effort. And I can't even imagine how many hundreds of hours they spent perfecting this and, and they did a great job. And that's probably why they're struggling to get people to come in there because it is so much. And, and we even, I'm sure you're going to show a Twitter or talk about the Twitter feed where they resisted doing this early on because of all the work that it would take to put on the show. It was interesting reading an article about that and how coming out of COVID, they decided to do this because it made it a little safer because they knew they wouldn't have to travel and deal with all of that. 
And I think it was a big win for them, obviously, uh, putting their name besides this. And there's some estimates that this tour will make $270 million in ticket sales just through the entire residency that they've announced, all the dates that they've announced, which is an insane amount. We had reported at one point that they were going to get 90% of the gate, U2 was, although I don't know that that's ever been publicly confirmed, but they're making a ton of money from this. But as you said, they put their time and effort into this, making this a great show. It's not like they just showed up. Uh, This was a lot of effort, a lot of planning, putting together the visuals. And the inside of the theater looks very interesting. The stage looks so small, depending on how far you are. You know, it just looks like a very simple, basic stage there. But the visuals really are insane. And the scale of how big the screen is, uh, is insane. And I didn't see anybody complaining about their time at the Sphere, about the show, about any problems with it. I know there are some seats that are obstructed. It's pretty steep to get up to the 400 level. But nobody seemed to care from what I saw. My biggest takeaway or or worry or hope is that, you know, you, you watch these videos from the inside and everyone has their phone out like there's not one person just taking in the experience they all want to film it and i get that that's the age we're in and i'd do the same thing so i hope everybody gets to go back a second time if like they really love you two and they're not just there to see the sphere but they want to see you two and taking the the show like go there once get your your views in get your pictures videos all that stuff and then go back and just put your phone away and experience it because i think it would be totally different versus watching it through your phone while you're videoing it and and so i hope people get to take advantage of that maybe that's where the movie will fill in where they'll go back and experience that a bit uh, differently because they already got all their you know their instagram posts out of the way and everything like that that's blasphemous mark <laughs> putting your phone away being in the moment what are we talking about here this isn't 2023 yeah. i do want to point people, out that do you think people video our show while they're watching it <laughs> i hope so i hope so uh, send us a video of you videoing our show no uh i just want to point out the tickets because i was talking on the last show about how i was looking at tickets on thursday night you could have gotten tickets to the opening for around $200 for two tickets. Four I was looking for, and it was a little bit higher. But on Friday, the day of the show, and this happened the same thing on Saturday, the day of the show, the tickets skyrocketed. So a lot of people are doing same-day demand and ticket purchases. So I think the sweet spot, I'll keep an eye on it, is probably a day before, two days before. The same day, you're seeing a lot of demand. So a lot of people are hearing about it. And as the word gets out, as more of these videos get out, I suspect you'll have a lot of people looking to get tickets now that hadn't looked previously when they were like all in. People like us who weren't U2 fans, but want to see the experience. And U2 has a lot of great music. So when we say we're not U2 fans, it just means, you know, yeah. I'm not a fanboy of them, but I do like a lot of their songs. Uh, 100% agree. Like, I, I don't know their catalog, but there's definitely, you know, five, ten songs that they could play and I could sing along with and, and I enjoy. So I think anybody that's been alive as long as we have or longer... We're trying to stay away from that old word. You know, knows at least a handful of U2 songs if they've ever turned the radio on. So I think everybody could really enjoy the show. It really was a great pick for the uh, the opening first couple weeks of because it, they appeal to so many people and they've been around so long. Everybody recognizes their music. And I think even if you're just going for the sphere you will still get enjoyment from that aspect of it. And this is the point of the show where we praise James Dolan for being a visionary. Still jerk, but yes. And, yeah, but as you always say. But he brought this to life. He risked the money. And hopefully it's a success as far as financially goes. We know that they're selling ads for quite a lot of money on the side. So uh, yeah, a lot to still happen with the Sphere, but it's been a success. And now we move on, I guess, to Formula One happening next. And then Durango opening, then Fountain Blue. So much happening towards the end of this year. So we have a lot to talk about. So make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can hear all of the latest Vegas news and hit us up in the comments so we can talk about anything we talked about in this show. The Sphere, were you there? Let us know. The Tupac murders, are you surprised that they're going after it all this time later? Leave a comment. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. 
and we'll be back in just a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Is it weird that I'm most excited about the, the aspect of F1 is to see what the sphere does on the outside of it during the race? <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works for you. There. See you on Friday. Ha <laughs> ha